Welcome to Live Prayer. I am Bill Keller. Good to be with you on this Tuesday evening. I pray you had a wonderful day. It's good to be back together once again. If you're new to the program, you're watching Live Prayer. We come to you live in living color every Monday through Friday from 11 to midnight Eastern Standard Time. And wherever you're watching me throughout this great land of ours from sea to shining sea and border to border. Thank you for tuning in. Friends in other far off great lands, welcome to you as well. Once again, I'm Bill Keller, founder of LivePrayer.com, world's largest interactive Christian website, reach a little over two and a half million folks each and every day via the internet. Please check us out online, web address coming up on your screen, LivePrayer.com, LivePrayer.com. So check it out. If you haven't been to the website, you need to take some time. 24 plus years of great ministry content, all produced here at Live Prayer all free, all to be a blessing to you. Very easy to navigate website, literally thousands upon thousands of hours of content. And again, I know it will be a blessing to you. Check it out, liveprayer.com. So I pray you had a wonderful day today as we are into Tuesday already and looking forward to tonight's program. Got a lot of very interesting things to chat with you about tonight. Big pro-Israel rally in D.C. today. And let me just say this before we even start. There was anywhere from two to 300,000, these are park estimates, people at this pro-Israel rally today. They had a huge contingent of National Guard on hand, security throughout the city. They were going to make sure that there was no problems. And there wasn't. All I'm saying is the same people that secured that city today and had that great rally come off without any problems are the same people that could have secured that city on January 6th if that was their desire. Okay? We'll get back into it later. I just have to make that point before we do anything else. All right? Four things I... As you do for me, sir, on the program, first pray for me and the program. I remind you of that every night because it's important to me. And I thank you so much for taking the time to call my name before the Lord. This, this ministry before the Lord means much to me. Second of all, please continue to encourage people you know to sign up for the free live prayer daily devotional. It's our main ministry tool. We've written it every morning for 24 years. And it is the, um, it is, boy, I'm going to have problems here. Okay, there you go. Thank you, Jesus. Um, It's our main ministry tool written every morning for over 24 years. And it is a great way to stay plugged into the Lord 24-7. It's about a three to five minute read each day, different topics each day. Um, It's, like I said, it's impacted literally tens of millions of lives all over the world throughout these nearly this nearly quarter century of live prayer. Third, of course, is please continue to encourage people to watch the TV program. And lastly, if this ministry has been a blessing to you, as we are 
getting into the final days of November, believe it or not. Uh, pray about supporting our work here with a gift. Uh, when you go to the website, you'll notice there's no advertising. Uh, you can't buy books there. I don't have books to sell. Don't have any trinkets to sell. Don't do tours. Don't do cruises. Don't do conferences. We just do ministry 24-7 to people all over the world. 40,000 people each day come to live prayer for prayer. And we have a great team of over 700 retired pastors who work with us throughout the country. That enables us to not only read every prayer request, pray over it, but send a response back. So please uh, keep this ministry in prayer, especially if this has been a blessing to you throughout the year. Pray about a special year-end gift. All gifts to live prayer are 100% tax deductible. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this wonderful, wonderful opportunity to come together in your name, to lift up the, the name of Jesus tonight, and Lord, to gather together to hear the things we need to know about tonight. I'm so grateful for my friends who have joined me tonight. I pray for them and their families. I pray, God, you will meet their each and every need for your glory. Thank you for this wonderful day you've blessed us with. No, today was not promised to us. It was a gift from you. And Lord, we thank you for not just the day, but the blessings throughout. And now, Lord, we just ask that you have your way in this next 60 minutes. I pray that you'll touch hearts and lives. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, so let's get started. Let me start with something that I have warned you about. I've talked about it many times. And you know, I've, I've, as I was going through my theological studies over 30 years ago now, one of the things I learned is when God repeats himself, when you're reading about God saying a certain thing in one part of the Bible, and he comes back and says it again, and maybe he comes back and says it again. It's not because he's bored or he's trying to fill up as many pages. It's because it's important. And for those who've watched this program for any length of time, uh, I think you understand that when I talk to you about something, it may seem like not that big of a deal one night. It may just kind of go passing by, but then if I'm back at that same topic again, maybe days or weeks or even months later, and hit it again and hit it, I don't do it because I don't have anything to say. It's because it's important. And I think one of the most important things that we are dealing with right now in our country is the fact that we have people embedded in our, in our government, working at the highest levels of our government, who don't love this country. You know, 50, 60 years ago, whether your, whether your political beliefs lent, uh, you know, lean to the Democratic uh, Party or to the Republican Party, at the end of the day, we were all Americans. And we were all working pretty much for the same goal to keep this country great and strong, right? That's not the case anymore. I have mentioned to you on numerous occasions how one of the things Barack Hussein Obama did, boy, he's done so much damage to this country. I, I'm, I can sit here tonight and tell you that no human being on the face of this planet 
has done more damage to this country than Barack Hussein Obama. That is fact. That is fact. I've mentioned to you many times that as we were coming into the Obama presidency in 2008, I really felt that this country had made some incredible advancements as far as race relations go. Was it perfect? No, of course not. But it's never going to be perfect because you don't have perfect people. But I grew up during the civil rights era. I lived through the riots in the 60s across the country. I lived through Martin Luther King, his marches, his assassination. Okay? I went... I was in the first wave of forced busing in 1972 when they bussed me out of my middle-class white neighborhood to an all-black high school. Okay? I lived it. And the fact is, this country was, I think, making great advances. And, and, and here's another thing. The generations that came after me, they didn't live through civil rights unrest and all that. And they were, they grew up pretty much without that race being that big of a deal. And again, you're all, you've always got your friends that's going to always be there. But as a nation as a whole, I thought we were well along the way of probably being as colorblind as we've ever been. You know, because as we got into the 2000s, it wasn't just blacks, but we were we had immigration from people throughout Asia, India, Africa. Um, and again, people were coming here through the legal immigration system, and they were coming here to be Americans. Not to forget their heritage or their traditions, but to first and foremost become Americans. For, for being the first half-black president, which is what he was, Barack Obama set race relations back by decades. And then you add into his, his uh, hate America mindset, his desire to fundamentally transform the country, which he made no bones about. One of the things he did is he interjected Muslims throughout the entirety of our government, some in fairly high positions. And to this day, all of the, all of the government agencies have a very visible Muslim contingent, okay? And you got to understand something. Islam does not share their glory with anyone. If you're a Muslim, you are a Muslim. That is your first loyalty. Then they can take all the oaths they want. I remember, do you remember years ago, you had the guy in Times Square who had a car bomb that by the grace of Almighty God failed to detonate. Because had that car bomb, it was a, it was a Saturday night 
It's the middle of the summer. Times Square was teeming with people. And had that car bomb detonated, there could have been thousands and thousands and thousands of people dead. It would have been a horrific scene. Probably, to be blunt with you, on the scale of 9-11. Maybe not as spectacular with big buildings falling down, but it would have been an absolute nightmare. And I'll never forget, when he had his trial, I can't forget his Farisad or something. Anyway, he was he was at his trial. And the judge spoke to him. He said, I notice here you recently became a naturalized citizen. And he said, yes, I did. And the judge said, well, when you became a citizen, you took an oath of loyalty to this country. And look, the judge didn't flinch. Look right, the judge said, I lied. Today, and I, and, and I give you this setup because today there was a letter sent to the president's office. It was from 400 Muslims in the Biden administration that are absolutely ballistic with the administration's support for Israel. And these are people that are totally pro-Palestinian and, yes, pro-Hamas by their own words. Okay? 400 people. Now, I know we've got a couple million people in the government. I understand it. But again, if you go through the the agencies of our federal government, whatever, DOJ, FBI, Food and Drug Administration, all of them, Department of Transportation, Department of Energy, Department of Land Management, all the agencies. You've got Muslims in every one of these agencies. And like I said, in some of these agencies, they've got some pretty serious positions of power. So 400 Muslims within the Biden, working in the Biden administration, part of the administration, sent Biden's office a letter today, absolutely blasting them for their support of Israel and uh, making their uh, support of Hamas and the Palestinians very clear. That's chilling to me. That's chilling to me. In London over the weekend, you had a massive protest. 300,000 people turned out for a pro-Hamas rally in London. And of course, you had similar rallies throughout the Middle East and other parts of the world. Now, today was a pro-Israel rally on the mall, on the Washington Mall in D.C. There are some estimates that there could have been as many as 300,000 people there. I was hearing somewhere in the 200,000 range. I've heard up to 300,000. Needless to say, it was an incredible crowd. Now, here's the point. If you watch these pro-Hamas rallies, They're very aggressive. They're tearing down flags they don't agree with. They're causing damage. 
We've seen them get violent with cops. You had this huge pro-Israel rally today, and it was one of the most peaceful scenes you could have ever imagined. From what I understand, there were zero arrests. Now, part of that was because D.C. was prepared for every possible sign of trouble that could happen. Because you know Antifa, pro-Hamas folks would love to have gone in and caused trouble. But they had no opportunity to because the D.C. police, along with the National Guard, had coordinated the, the D.C., shut it down, secured it so that things could go out without any problems. And all I'm here to do tonight is tell you they could have done that on January 6th if they had wanted to. They didn't want to. That was obvious. Um, now, I was sad to hear, I know of at least three Christian groups that were going to bring somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe 20,000 people combined, decided not to at the last minute. One of them was a big group from Liberty University. For full disclosure, that's where I got my theological degrees a little over 30 years ago. Back in the early days of delivery. It's really become something else since then. But they, and the reason that they decided not to go is because Homeland Security, okay, put out a level one alert. In other words, that's their highest alert of potential violence and things like that. And these Christian groups after watching what they did to people on January 6th, got concerned. Who knows if there might be some setup going on here? Because that's what January 6th was, folks. If you've been watching this program, there shouldn't be any doubt anymore. And again, just like it took five or six years for all the documents to finally come out, Proving that the whole Russia, Trump Russia collusion thing was an absolute scam from the day for day one, totally concocted by the Hillary Clinton campaign, and everybody knew it. The media knew it. The DOJ knew it. The FBI knew it. Yet they still carried it on like it was legit for almost two and a half years. But it took about six years for all the again. Anybody who's watching the show during those years, we knew what was going on almost day one. Okay. Same thing's going to happen on January 6th. Within the next couple of years, especially if Trump gets back in, all the documents will be uncovered and it will be exposed for exactly what it was, a federal operation that had incredible involvement by Pelosi and McConnell. Um, and we've talked about it. I'm not going to get into it now. But some of these Christian groups were afraid that they might be walking into a similar setup today. I mean, I can't blame them. And again, this is why they, this is one of the byproducts. This is one of the purposes of January 6th, to scare good people into forfeiting their constitutional rights out of fear that they may get railroaded. And that's exactly what happened today. That's exactly what happened today.
But the good news is, it was a it was a wonderful ceremony. Again, totally peaceful. You didn't have any of the hostility that you see in these pro-Hamas rallies around the country and around the world. There was nobody tearing things down. No violence. Very, very well organized. And it was a great day. It was a great opportunity for people to lift up the state of Israel. Um, And then we get to the fact that the state of Israel, speaking of the state of Israel, is starting to put a little pressure on the Biden administration to take some of these Gaza refugees. Now, I have told you when this all started, don't be shocked if you start hearing rumblings about shipping a bunch of these people from Gaza into the United States. I've been warning. That's another thing I've been talking to you about many nights. And here, and here's your here's your focal point. Jordan, which is right there. Egypt, which is right there. Obviously, other Arab countries, Saudi Arabia, which has a huge land mass, and other Arab countries are right there. They have all refused to take even one. Matter of fact, Egypt and Jordan stated without any equivocation, this is a red line for us. We will not take even one. Now, these are their Arab brothers. They are right there. They don't need to ship them all around the world. I mean, they're right there. Their Arab brothers refuse to even take one. So why should we take even one? I mean, what do they know that we don't know? But I told you before, they're going to keep mounting the pressure to start shipping some of these Gaza refugees into the United States. Now, here's my fear. As we've talked before, the Biden administration's in a real quandary because while they're vocally and institutionally still supporting the state of Israel, it's caused a fission in the Democratic Party because the majority of the Arab community, a good chunk of it anyway, a good percentage of it, usually voted Democrat. But because the Biden administration is officially supporting Israel, it's not like they're going to go vote for Trump, but they just won't vote at all. And they've made that well known to Biden. So he's got a very difficult political situation here because our national policy is to support Israel. But then you've got the pro-Arab movement in this country, which is growing, by the way. And they want the Biden administration to support the Palestinians. So it's become a political issue. I'm concerned that these idiots in the Biden administration are going to go ahead and accept some of these Gaza refugees, basically throwing the pro-Arab folks in this country a bone saying, see, we care about these people. We're going to bring them over here. In other words, they, 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 they want to try to appease both sides, which you can't do, but they're trying. 
And then you got this. Boy, Neocon Nikki, has she, man, shown herself. Not only did she, not only did she want to be at war with Russia, she wants war with the with the uh, Hamas and the and Iran, but she's all down for taking some of these Gaza refugees. And once again, if King Abdullah of Jordan says it's a red line, we will not take one. If the Egyptians say it's a red line, we won't take one. If Saudi Arabia, by the way, the landmass of Saudi Arabia, just to give you some perspective, is about a third of the landmass of the United States. It's a big chunk of land. They could easily assimilate the, the, the Palestinians into, you know, chop them off a piece of uh, Saudi Arabia, like you know, like a, like a, their own state. They could do that very easy. They've got money. They've got everything. And the and, and the and the Palestinians can be self sufficient there. They won't even entertain the idea. You got neocon Nikki out there talking about, well, you know, maybe we should you know, take some of these Gaza refugees. By the way, we are now starting to get some fairly legitimate numbers that are supported and it looks like so far since Biden's taken office all these illegals that have you know stormed into our country invaded our country probably in the 10 million range the estimated cost right now is about a half a trillion dollars. $500 billion. Half a trillion. And we're only down about $34 trillion. So what's another half trillion? Unbelievable. And do you know, for a fraction of that, 10% of that, 50 billion. We can have the most secure, tightest border that the world's ever seen. Remember, Trump went in, what, 5 billion for the wall? He had to go fight and work around the military and everything else to, to get it done. They spent 500 billion just on dealing with the illegals. I mean, you want to talk about spending money to just, you know, that's like that that that, that that's like a, a drug addict. You know, it's bad. He has a bad addiction. Spends three or four million dollars. You know, he doesn't have steals, cons, does whatever. Get in, in in the process of a few years, spends three four million dollars. He he doesn't have to destroy himself. We're spending a half a trillion dollars to destroy this country. Unbelievable. And please don't forget this. One of the reasons I talk about the Muslims in the government is because you have got to understand that while at first blush, you know, their hostilities and their rage is against Israel, the destruction of Israel. See, see that's another thing. 
That, you know, what a contrast. At that pro-Israel rally today, nobody was calling for, you know, anybody, you know, anybody to be dead. They want Hamas out of Israel, which makes sense. So they don't have to keep living in fear every minute. But again, it was very peaceful. Then you go to these pro-Hamas rallies, what's their cry? They went every Jew dead and they went Israel wiped off the face of the planet. But here's what you need to never forget. They always call Israel what? Iran calls them what? You know, they call them the small Satan. Who's the great Satan? Oh yeah, that'd be us. That'd be us. And again, at the end of the day, a practicing Muslim is loyal to only one thing, Islam. And while they may be calling for the destruction of Israel today, they, if you, you need to understand that that also means the destruction of the United States and the infidels, especially the Christian infidels. That's a fact, folks. People need to understand that these, these people are not playing games. By the way, over the last three weeks, Iran, through their various terror proxies, have been attacking our various military installations throughout Syria and Iraq, right? And in response, you know, we bombed a couple tool sheds. Typical feckless, gutless response. But, you know, it was a response. For whatever it's worth, it was a response. Because we don't want them bombing our, kill, trying to kill our people anymore. Leave us alone. Quit, quit attacking us. Today, Biden just removed more sanctions, gave Iran more sanction relief that's going to net them in the near future another $10 billion. Now, make sense of this for me. We're on the verge of going to war with Iran because they're attacking our military installations in the Middle East. Yet while we're on the verge of going to war with Iran, we'll open up the spigot so they can make an extra $10 billion. This is the handiwork, my friends, of Barry Sotero, a.k.a. Mr. Mr. Shia Muslim Barack Hussein Obama. Okay? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, I don't want to I, I don't want to hear Kirby. I don't want to hear, you know, Curry Jean-Pierre. Of course, they don't let her talk about war because she'll get us in one because she's so stupid. Not not being mean, just being honest. Have Woman is like just absolutely clueless. Anyway, I don't hear Kirby talking anymore about how we're standing up to Iran and stuff. If Iran's such a danger to our people, which they are, why don't we open the spigot to give them another ten billion dollars? <sighs> Again, folks, this is on purpose. These are not mistakes. These are not accidents. These are not bad policies. Like I've always told you, Jimmy Carter was a horrible president, okay? 
But it wasn't because he hated the country. He was a bad president because he had horrible policies. Okay? During the Obama, eight years of Obama, and during the last two and a half, three years that he's been running the country with his avatar, Joe Biden, this is purposeful. This isn't bad. These aren't bad policies. This is purposeful destruction at every level. Every level. Um, New York Governor Hope. But listen, if you live in New York, God bless you. I don't know why you still live in New York, but I, I, I know people have their roots there and everything. I get it. New York Governor Kathy Hochul today announced that they are collecting data from teams who are surveilling social media looking for hate speech. Now, thankfully, her surveillance teams are pretty much confined to looking for hate speech in the state of New York. But this is exactly what the federal government's doing on a much larger scale. Now, the million-dollar question is, you ready? Drum roll. Here's the million-dollar question. What's hate speech? Well, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center, which now has major contracts with the federal government, uh, I am a purveyor of hate speech. They put me on their hate map over 13 years ago for being a trafficker of hate speech hate speech in the course of trying to sue them which went nowhere because they do they have a first amendment right to say whatever they want for the most part even though they've caused my life great grief by being on that hate map because people actually believe it according to them my hate speech is because I correctly identify Islam as a false religion and I believe that marriage as God created marriage is between a man and a woman period and sex is between a man and a woman in the bonds of marriage that's what the Bible teaches that's 2,000 years of Christian orthodoxy Okay, this isn't some wild eyed Kool-Aid cult leader stuff, okay? This is 2,000 years of solid biblical orthodoxy. Marriage is a man and a woman. Sex is a man and a woman in marriage. Anything other than Jesus Christ is a false religion. Now, if you don't believe that, that's fine. But that's what the Bible teaches. That's what Christianity has been teaching for 2,000 years. Yet for declaring that publicly... I'm a purveyor of hate speech, and on their on their hate map with real hate groups like the KKK, the Skinheads, the New Black Panthers, and all other kinds of real hate groups. So the point being is, who's going to determine in New York what hate speech is? Oh, if you like Trump and you don't like uh, Biden, is that going to be hate speech? You better believe it is. If you disagree with the FBI. If you believe that the 2020 election was stolen, if you believe that January 6th was actually a federal operation, does that qualify for hate speech? I'm sure it will. You see where this is going? 
And one of the reasons I'm talking about this, even though it's this is confined to New York, this is what our federal government's doing right now, folks. I've shared this with you. They, the Department of Homeland Security. Now, they aren't doing it themselves. They're farming it out to third-party, non-government organizations. But you got people that are, that are connected to the government, okay, feeding information to the government. You got people right now that are combing social media posts. It's all basically to intimidate people into silence. That's what it's all. It's like those groups that didn't go to the pro-Israel thing today. They were legitimately concerned that they might be getting set up. Just like January 6th. And by the way, our State Department today finally confirmed what I've been telling you for two decades on this show. I mean, you know, the, the, I mean, the, the, these tensions between, you know, Hamas and Israel didn't start on October 7th. This you know, goes way, all the way back to really 1948. But I've been telling people for decades what everybody knows that Hamas basically operates in these extensive network of tunnels underground. I mean, they, I mean, they've got like a whole country living underground. I mean, these aren't just like rat tunnels. Some of them are, but some of them like turn into big rooms. And I mean, they've got operation. And I've always told you that they use schools, mosques, and hospitals. They'll, they'll put their major operations, network operations, under schools, mosques, and hospitals, knowing that, you know, Israel isn't going to be bombing hospitals. Well, the State Department today finally admitted, yep, we can confirm Hamas does have a lot of their military operations in, 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 the, in the tunnels underneath that big hospital in Gaza, I mean, my goodness. Anybody that's awake knew this. Yet you had our media, our pro-Hamas media, denying it. Acting like that's a fairy tale that they've got, you know, military operations under a hospital. Who can Nobody has that. That's, that's, that those are, those, those are, uh, that, that's disinformation, right? Disinformation. I saw a, a, a thing today on Ukraine. So far globally, throughout the whole world, since this war started, they've collected about $240 billion from the world community. And all they've done is probably lose about 100,000 Ukrainian citizens and they're no closer to winning that war than they were the day it started. Nor will they ever win that war. Um, there was some congressional hearings today, and they had some medical professionals talking about the COVID vaccines and boosters. They had this woman, she's an OBGYN, 
involved in eight, over 8,000 pregnancies. She said miscarriages have doubled year after year since the introduction of the COVID vaccine and boosters. Now, again, anybody that's been watching this program, this is not news to you. I was sharing with you within months of the vaccines being out throughout the world that there was two, three, actually three really big identifiable problems that we were seeing. It was wreaking havoc on fertility. Uh, It was causing heart problems, especially in healthy young men. And it was causing incredible clotting, which was killing people. By the way, Biden and his, and his, and his, his owner, G, meet tomorrow at the uh, Asian conference in San Francisco. Like I told you, you're going to find out, probably not tomorrow, but you're going to find out that Biden's going to take off the Trump tariffs. I hear they're going to come with some kind of a joint statement on fentanyl. China's not serious. China can say, you know how many times China has gone to these events around the world and talked about how they, you know, are all down for climate change. And and then they go build a thousand new coal burning plants the next month. You are never going to come close to even tackling whatever effects there may be from the environment from just pollution, let's just call it pollution, until you get China and India to stop polluting. Until that happens, all the efforts of everybody else in the world don't mean anything because they're the two biggest polluters on the globe. So you're going to hear probably G talk, he's going to act like he's all on board with climate change. They're going to talk about fentanyl and they're going to have some kind of joint thing on that, which won't happen. China, man, listen, they were the, they were the receivers year, hundreds of years ago, if you go back and study Chinese history, uh, of the whole opium uh, revolution that literally destroyed the country. Well, they've turned the tables now and they're shipping their fentanyl all over the world, but primarily to their partners, the Mexican drug cartels, to get it in this country to kill a couple hundred thousand people every year. Okay? Uh, I doubt you're going to hear a word about COVID. You certainly aren't going to hear about the Uyghurs, human rights. Um, you're going to hear about how China is a friendly competitor. And this is the one that kills me. They have stated a million times they're not looking to compete with us. They're looking to destroy us. Trump understood that. It'll be interesting to see if they say anything about Taiwan, which, again, anything G says is just for, is just for our media to consume. He'll sit there and just lie. 
He arrived today in San Francisco. Man, you, you, I mean, you, you, you had thought that uh, the king of the world had arrived. Hey, he pretty much owns this country anyway. And this is, again, this is why the billionaire globalists of both parties hate Trump, don't want Trump anywhere near the, 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 the Oval Office because they know Trump is going to actually do something about China and upset their little game, and they they just want leave. They don't care if China sucks this country out from the center and leaves us dry. They got their money, and they're going to keep making their money. They're fine. They're fine. And they don't want anybody interfering, you know, like that. Bad orange man. Got a great ruling out of the out of the courts in Finland. It's been going on for a few years, but again, here you go. A one of their lawmakers is also a, a Luther bishop. She'd been fighting a legal case for four years, uh, a hate crime charge. And what was her hate crime? Quoting the Bible on marriage and human sexuality. That was her hate crime. See what I'm saying? When, when, when you've got these self-appointed watchdogs that are going to tell you what hate crimes are, I can sit here tonight and promise you without any hesitation that anybody that is simply preaching the basic truths of God's word, that will qualify every single time. Especially if you tell the truth about their about the about their greatest sacrament, and that's the rivers and oceans of blood of dead babies. Come out against that, and you are they will come after you. They will come after you. Uh, remember last night I talked about all the violence? I mean, you go online every day now and you can see these horrible videos of a lot of kids viciously beating people. I mean, kicking their head. I mean, just walk up and start punching them and, and there'll be five, six, eight of them on one kid. And they just, they're relentless and they'll kick them in the head and kick them in the face and in the stomach and, and pound them and pound them and pound them. It's just, I, I just don't, but then, guess what you got today? Today you've got former Speaker McCarthy who supposedly elbowed a, t a Tennessee congressman in the ribs. He was one of the eight that voted to get rid of McCarthy. He was apparently giving an interview, and McCarthy passed him and apparently just jammed his elbow right in his kidneys. And he went running after McCarthy Looked like there was going to be a, a fight. Then, then in the Senate today, they had a hearing. And you've got a senator from Oklahoma who used to be in the mixed martial arts world. Apparently, he's been having a back-and-forth feud online with a labor union boss. And he was questioning the labor union boss. And the next thing you know, they're standing up. They're getting ready to go throw down right in the middle of a Senate hearing. And then you had another hearing with Comer, who was slandered by this New York Congress's Moskowitz. 
saying that Comer's family had $200,000 loans. It's just a total lie. And Comer just ripped him a new one. I, all I'm saying is, I mean, the violence, the threats of violence, it, it's just unbelievable what's going on right now. And then you've got Memphis, Tennessee, one of the most crime-ridden cities in the country, good old Democrat city. Uh, you had a man who worked in the research team at St. Jude's Children's Hospital. They've got the great Danny Thomas St. Jude's Hospital in Memphis. Do a great work there. And he was out with his wife and kid, and two black teens, a young man and a young woman, walked up and shot him for no reason, right in front of his wife and kid. Now, I'm sure you didn't hear about that on TV because, of course, that doesn't fit the media narrative, right? So, of course, you're not going to hear about that. But the violence and the crime and everything, it's just unbelievable what's going on right now. Oh, speaking of crime, you got, you got, all the, you got this Asian conference in San Francisco for the next few days. There was a TV crew from Czechoslovakia. They were literally, in, in broad daylight, they were robbed at gunpoint of their equipment, their wallets, their jewelry, right in the middle of San Francisco. Broad daylight. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then you got Randy Weingarten, that nasty, evil woman who runs the teachers' union. I saw her in an interview the other day, and she's all, all confused. Because, as I've been telling you, homeschool numbers are like rocketing, right? Rocketing. And she can't understand why so many kids are now going to homeschooling. It's because of nasty, evil women like you, Randy, who don't care about kids. You only care about your political power and money. You nasty woman. Speaking of schools, there is an ever-growing number of these after-school Satan clubs popping up all over the country. And again... You can go after the schools, but you really need to be going after the parents. You know, it's like it's 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 like the drag shows. It's like uh, you know, it, it, it's like these pornographic books in the library for children. You know, the Satan clubs. Those things couldn't happen without a majority of the parents not having a problem with it. And again, I've told you the better percentage of the last three generations has never been to church. So as, you, so as you get into even the youngest kids, you're going into the most recent generations, more, more and more of them have never been to church. They don't have any problem with turning their little girl into a little boy or their little boy into a little girl. They don't have any problem with the drag queen perversion. They don't have any problem with the pornography in the libraries. They don't have any problem with the Satan clubs. They're fine with all that. If the parents weren't on board, these things could not exist. That's what people have to understand. And I know because, you know, 
we've got you know, a largely Christian or at least traditional family audience. We got a lot of people that aren't believers that watch this program that figure out, find out what's going on in the news and stuff, and that's fine. But most of them are at least more traditional values, okay? Um, and they have a hard time understanding how all these things are happening. And like I said, the only way they could happen is because of the number of parents that are on board with this, this stuff. It's terrible. It really is terrible. Uh, oh, oh. I'm sorry. I meant to, I, we were talking about the violence, all this stuff. I meant to throw this one in. In the past week, I have seen just an incredible number of videos of these gangs, mo mo mostly young teens or whatever, but they're literally robbing Amazon trucks, UPS trucks, FedEx trucks. I saw one of them today. The Amazon truck was at a stoplight. They ran up and somehow were able to open the back door while the thing was at the light and start taking all the packages. I mean, they're really robbing these trucks. If you don't get your Amazon or you don't get your UPS order, you don't get your FedEx order, you know, you better, better keep, you better track them all carefully because who knows if they didn't end up in the, in, the hands of a bunch of teen teen gang members. Whew. I mean, I gotta be honest, I've never seen this stuff. And you know, I was thinking when we talk about crime and everything, you cannot talk about crime without talking about the damage that George Soros has done through his campaign to get all these, you know, these perverted prosecutors and DAs elected office, right? I mean, that has been. God only knows the damage this man's done to this country just on that issue alone. Now, he was originally born in Hungary. He can't go back to Hungary. They banned him from that country. I pray if Trump gets reelected, he kicks Soros and his entire family out of the country. And I was talking to a friend the other day who's, who's a lawyer. I said, you know, the guy's, you know, a, 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 a naturalized citizen and kid was born here, so he's a citizen. He says, they can still kick him out as a national security threat. And I'm telling you, you could make a case in five minutes how George Soros and his family... Now, they can still cause havoc from somewhere else by pumping their money into the country through different organizations. I understand that. But I think the fact... I think to, to boot him out of this country and his nasty little son has taken over his evil empire, officially kick him out of the country, even though they can still wreak havoc from anywhere on the, on the planet because, you know, with the internet and everything else, but just the act of getting him out of the country, I think, would be a great, great thing for this country. Lastly, Microsoft and Facebook have already put together their plans to fight Ready for this? Ready for this? Election disinformation. <laughs> now, what do you think they're going to consider election disinformation? Oh, let's see. I think that would be anything that is positive about Donald Trump and anything negative about Joe Biden. You know, like a laptop or something like that, like a lap, potential laptop from hell. 
In other words, if it's part of the regime narrative, it's good information. If it's not, disinformation. Censor it! Censor it! I gotta be honest with you, if somebody went to a traditional journalism school back in the 70s when there was still journalism, as somebody who understands and appreciates the First Amendment, because that's what amazes me. That's why I can tell you that you don't have journalism, journalists anymore. Because if they did, they, they couldn't stand for this. Because if you're a true journalist, freedom of the speech is the very thing that allows you to do what you do. And to want to see people censored? You're no longer a journalist. You're just a propagandist. You're no different than Joseph Goebbels. All right, running late here. Got to get out of here. Folks, if uh, you're watching tonight, you never, like I said, lots of people watch this program. I'd say probably 30%, maybe 40% are, haven't made that commitment of faith to Christ yet. They're here to hear the news from a, a little different perspective. And, uh, they're not opposed to traditional values and things like that. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're all going to take our last breath. And at that moment, all that matters is do you have the relationship with Jesus Christ? If you don't, but you want to, Pray with me now. Dear Lord, I come to you this night asking you to forgive me of my sins. Lord, tonight, I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and Jesus is my Savior. And tonight, Lord, from this moment on, my life belongs to you. In Jesus' name I pray. And my friend, if you prayed, you meant it. The Bible says you're saved, not because of a few words, because of your faith in God's grace. I have a book I'll send you. It won't cost you anything. Drop me an email, bkellaliveprayer.com if you need prayer for anything. Email me, bkellerliveprayer.com. All right. Love and care about you so much. Have a great night tonight, a blessed day tomorrow. Lord willing, we'll see you back here tomorrow night, 11 o'clock Eastern, for more live prayer. What problems are you dealing with in your life right now? Do you feel like giving up? Times are hard and you're not strong. I know the answer for you. And